0: Hello and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers with whatever writing ailments you might have.
1: Whether it's related to your craft or your career, we can help.
0: Are you ready for your session?
1: The doctors doctors are are in. in. Hello, Roshni.
0: Hello, Tom.
1: Hi. um, I would like to talk this week about quantity versus quality. Uh, I was reading about how with the shorter TV seasons, the question of whether the filler episode is dead or not came up. You know how TV seasons used to be like 20 to 25 episodes?
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting too because it coincides with an article that we were looking at where they were talking about this upcoming pilot season, and it was the smallest amount of pilots I've ever seen picked up. It was like twenty right. pilots.
1: Yeah, 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 and it's usually double or triple that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's so just have, the
1: broadcast networks. Yeah, yeah, I was
0: going to say. So you have small, small pilot season and no filler episodes. Let's yeah, be, well,
1: well, you know, that's I guess that's a you know a whole different discussion. Almost In network TV, they're still doing they're still under the impression that they're doing the normal fall to spring seasons with the mid-season break as they're, they're still, you know, going through the motions of sticking to the calendar that they've been using for decades, but it's kind of falling apart. And now they're, they're starting to program more year round,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but the whole, you know, especially with the pandemic pilot season got totally screwed up. And I think maybe that was going to happen anyway at some point, but the pandemic kind of made it happen sooner. It really,
0: yeah, it accelerated it. Now, when you say filler episode, you're talking like a broadcast season of 22 episodes versus like, you know, a six episode run on HBO or something, correct?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like you have a like The Witcher on Netflix. It's eight or 10 episodes and every episode is super important. It's all serialized. You can't miss an episode or you miss something. But then you get on network TV, you have more procedural type shows where, uh, the, you know, your NCISs and your CSIs and your Law and Orders, where you can kind of watch it in any order. You can watch an episode from any year and it really wouldn't matter. I mean, there's some there's some large story arcs for some of the characters, but that's like five percent of the episode versus, you know, uh, uh, an Amazon show or a, a HBO show which are a hundred percent serialized.
0: Okay. But you know, I would argue that you could even do that with um, serialized shows. Like I know what you're talking about with procedurals because the nature of them is that you can walk away and come back to them and it doesn't matter. But even things like back in the day, like friends or Seinfeld. Yeah. There was a story arc, but honestly I could kind of walk away from friends and still figure out what was going on. Like, you know, a four, four or five weeks later.
1: Right. Sitcoms almost always were like that where they were interchangeable and, you know, the characters don't change from one episode to another. There's very, very little. I mean, you know, in like a, uh, you know, a show like um, Big Bang Theory, obviously, when Leonard and Penny get married, that changes things bigger. But. (laughs) But it's uh, it's not something, you know, that the comedy is going to change because of it, that the characters their their relationships might change, but it's not going to change the nature of the episode and the flow of of the episode.
0: Well, here's the question. When did TV, obviously, you know, with streamers and stuff like that, but roughly when would you say the change started happening where the season started shrinking? Was it the rise of streamers or was it even before then? Like, when did you notice the change?
1: I think cable. Cable kind of started the trend when you, when, um, when cable cable initially was syndication, okay, and this, mm-hmm. this is kind of where this all comes from, is that used to have networks do their epi- do their series. They used to do twenty five episodes a se- season, and every four, you get four seasons. You could go into syndication because you had a hundred episodes, and then all the syndicated, you know, local TV stations and the cable networks could buy it up and could run blocks of the show, and you know, over I don't know however many weeks, but they could run like you could take all hundred episodes and run it for fifty weeks. Two episodes a night, you know, literally, you know, every week or something like that. And that, that was so, sort of
0: the holy grail to be able to reach syndication.
1: Yeah, that's where the money was. So that's that's why that that was the the goal was to get to a hundred episodes. So it wasn't that they had stories to tell that always fit the the arc, but it was because they wanted to get that many episodes. It was very monetary, it was very financial. But then you had, you know, the cable networks started to create their own content. That was the big deal. After the the initial like kind of reality TV, you know, things like MTV started doing, the you know, reality TV and stuff like that. After that, then you started to see things, um, you know, original programming coming from cable networks like Sci-Fi Channel doing their own series. And then you had like um, The Walking Dead on AMC. I mean, that's in what, season 11 now?
0: But even then the cable network still kind of followed that 22 episode, 25 episode pickup or they still kind of followed that model didn't they uh
1: no not really well walking dead they they kind of did but they, what they did was they had the season was broken into two parts and the first half was 10 episodes and the second half was 10 episodes and they were like over two years so it was kind of like taking one broadcast season and stretching it further so they kind of felt like one season or they were packaged as one season but they're actually two seasons and then from there, you get things like *Downton Abbey* came along, and you know, over I think four or five seasons, that was only fifty-four episodes, so that was definitely like ten to eleven episodes a season, and it was designed that way. So you had, you know, those kinds of shows, really um, huge shows, taking off with their shorter, shorter episodes and no filler because they were plot all the way through. There was, in fact, um, I, *Downton Abbey* I actually got to see Julian Fellows who wrote it. Uh, talked about it. he wrote almost all the episodes i think there's two episodes where he's not credited as the writer so he literally sat down and wrote like a whole season and then they went and filmed it so it's kind of a different process but those successes i think are what led to all the other networks starting to do that like game of thrones and uh, i'm trying to think of some of the other ones mad men those kinds of shows which was also
0: amc right mad men was amc and another
1: amc show yeah Cable,
0: yeah
1: yeah You know, and now everything's like that: The Witcher, Westworld, Mandalorian. All these shows are anywhere from six. Some of them are only six episodes, up eight or ten or twelve episodes.
0: Which again, you're still naming cable or streamer shows.
1: Exactly, they they almost all are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what's Mm -hmm. interesting also is I remember a friend of mine came over here from England, and he had been doing uh, broadcast over there on BBC, and then came here and he landed a couple shows over here, and he thought it was interesting. This is kind of yeah this is pre-streamer so like the, the rise of streamers really hadn't happened so we were still on that broadcast model and he thought it was interesting because they get all their scripts over in england already like they know the entire season from start to finish whereas here in america and we've discussed this on the show before the old model was they would write it kind of from week to week and they didn't necessarily know where the story was going to go which also helps add to that filler issue right because you don't have the entire story
1: Right, they start writing I think is it um uh actually start writing in like is it August they start writing usually for the fall and then the show's premiere in like September October. So they start about 6 to 6 weeks ahead of time and then they get those episodes done. Then as the episodes are being produced, it kind of catches up to the writing where they're writing an episode like almost the week before it's being shot and they're
0: still filming. Yeah, we're supposed film- yeah. to like You know, for example, like in England, he was saying they already knew everything. They had shot the entire season and it was done versus just what you're saying, where they're like, "Okay, now here's the script for next week's episode. Great example is soap operas. They really don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on. Sometimes they'll make changes like the day of, you know, right. Mm -hmm. Talk about filler episodes, right?
1: Right. Well, (laughs) I always joke that soap operas, you can stop watching them for about four or five months and come back and not and you've missed about five minutes of soap opera time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but see also interestingly enough there's very few soap operas left i, don't I think, even haven't
1: even paid attention to I see, see what's still believe there's only
0: one left ah i believe so i i Days think, of
1: our lives probably
0: <laughs> uh i believe it's bold and the beautiful i believe ah. young and the restless went out i'd have to do the research but i know that they've been slowly kind of fading off or their okay. seasons are shorter or whatever um, but yeah, there because there was a big deal about it. Soaps, soaps were kind of dying off a few years ago, and they'd been going forever 20, 30 years, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there just isn't a market for them anymore because the the stay-at-home mom taking care of the kids afternoon watching, you know, like it's, it's not happening yeah. anymore.
1: Well, yeah, and the the whole daytime drama is kind of like a yeah, the category is just gone. It's mm-hmm. it's been replaced by reality TV and talk shows and and uh, cable.
0: I'll be honest, like, I don't even know what's on a broadcast block because everything we watch now is through Netflix or Hulu or whatever. So I couldn't even tell you what a a broadcast typical day looks like anymore. Whereas when I was a kid, I could be like, oh, yeah, the morning news and then there's this and then the lunchtime news and there's the afternoon soaps. You know what I'm saying? You don't know anymore because everything is streaming.
1: Right. Back to primetime, though. (laughs)
0: But it makes it di- it makes a difference. All of that. Plays yeah. Into
1: it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the prime, you know, a lot of daytime was syndicated shows. Right. So that's, you know, so what do they have to fill their hours with now if they don't have those syndicated shows? You used to get the late afternoon blocks of things like Happy Days and Livern and Shirley and, you know, those kind of like Cheers and Frasier. Those kind of filled in your almost like your pre dinner hour is where those came in, like for anywhere from four to six or seven o'clock. So those syndicated shows aren't there, you know, well, those, you know, they still make those sitcoms, so they still have them, but, you know, the other, you know, uh, what do you call them? Like local channels that, pl- that used to um, uh, program entirely with syndication, you know, they basically got gobbled up by other kind of mini networks. Um, trying to think of like the names of them are, but they have like these, you know, networks of local locally owned channels or, you know, Like, you know, someone might own all the the stations in Ohio or whatever, and they would then program for those. So it's less independent and more, you know, regional.
0: You know what I'd be interested? And the numbers haven't really been released because those those streamers are tricky. But back in the day when you did have things running on syndication, the other thing that that meant for the actors and the writers was royalty money. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if those things I mean, the people on Friends, they don't ever have to work again because it went into syndication. And oh, my gosh, they're just making so much off of the reruns, you know. But the thing with I I like succinct storytelling, like I like I don't necessarily binge watch, um, you know, cable or or streamers, but sometimes I do. I like succinct storytelling. But if I watch all six episodes of The Witcher season two, I'm not going to go back and watch them. But I would be more likely to watch them if I just happen to have my TV on and they were running. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. With the way streamers and cable are, you have to search it out. And I don't know if people really watch them over and over again.
1: No. Well, and that's the funny thing about the, the filler episodes that are, that are being lost in this whole thing is they were almost like a um, refresher course. You could, uh, and sometimes they would have these clip episodes. Do you remember clip episodes? You mean like the two-parters? No, not two. Two Two-parters was like a season break.
0: Define clip episode then. I don't know if I've heard that term. This
1: is really interesting. Okay, So a clip episode is where um, it may not even be the main characters, but there's some characters in the episode retelling what's been going on in the series. And they refer to clips of things that happened in previous episodes. It's kind of like almost like you take a couple characters and you trap them somewhere. Like we're in a cave or we're in an elevator stuck here. And they're reminiscing. And they say, "Do you remember when we did this?" And then they literally play a clip from that episode. Oh my gosh! And so gosh. there's, it's like they're telling a story using pieces of episodes before it. And those are the biggest filler episodes, where the clip episodes.
0: I don't know if I've ever like what show did that. Can you remember one?
1: Oh gosh, because uh, I've never rem-
0: seen that, and I watched a lot of like old TV.
1: Uh, th- I maybe they didn't. They, they may not have syndicated those episodes because they were like that's kind of like redundant to syndicate an episode that's just replaying other episodes. But I I definitely remember it in some sci-fi stuff like Stargate would do it occasionally, Uh you know, and these are things where basically what's happened is there's always a, um, a point at which the actors have in their contracts. And you probably know this more than I do, um, that they, they do a certain number of episodes and they at least get a certain number of episodes off Mm -hmm. and, and, or certain supporting characters get a chance to be the main character in a story. Mm, So the other characters, the other characters then get time off as well. And a lot of times those are the episodes that are quote unquote filler because the main characters aren't there to carry along the long arc of the the series. The main storyline. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of get a ship in a bottle story is something else they call it. Like it's this very self-contained story that can go anywhere. You know, they can even do it out of order and it won't matter.
0: Well, I was just thinking what you're saying about the clip episode and going back to like royalties might be lost now because they aren't running shows in syndication on streaming. How would you even divide royalties in a clip episode? Like, does it go to the writer and the actors reminiscing, but then you also have the clip, like the royalties from the clip you use? Like, how would you even divvy that up?
1: Right. No, well, that's a good point. If you're going to use the if you're using footage, then, yeah, do you have to compensate them for that? I'm trying to see. It looks like a lot of sitcoms did it. I just did a quick Google, but a, a lot of sitcoms would do them as well. You know, kind of giving a supporting character, the lead and then, but then they mm-hmm. would use the clips to fill in the the story. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 That. And then there was always, uh, when I was growing up, there was the anthology series.
0: Oh, you mean like uh twilight zone or something
1: like a twilight zone or not even that, but like the, um, Fantasy Island or Love Boat, um, oh, the originals, yeah. Yeah. where each episode had guests. They were all guest stars on the episode. Mm-hmm. So you had the main character, Mr. Rourke, and his, his staff at the island for Fantasy Island, or you had the, sh- the crew on the ship, and they were there every episode. But the real stories were about the people who came to the island or the ship. Yep. And so you had these little three or two or three stories going on each episode.
0: I'd say Murder, She Wrote was similar.
1: Yeah, Murder She Wrote yeah. they they're kind of like procedural before procedurals were a thing. Yeah. Mhm.
0: Like they sort of built on the 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 characters, the main characters' backstories, but not really, cuz that wasn't the point.
1: No, it, had, it really had very little to do with the the character, the main characters. The recurring characters were actually less important. They were kind of facilitators to the plot of the guest stars. Mhm that was a really unique kind of show that doesn't really exist anymore.
0: I mean, but I would think like there, okay, there is so much content out there these days, because even if you don't want to watch broadcast, you can go to cable. And if you don't want cable, you can go to streamers. And if you don't want streamers, you can go to YouTube. And if you don't want YouTube, there's a bazillion like YouTube-esque type sites out there as well. So there's so much content. So I'm sure that's why they're like, okay, we can't have fluff because who's going to watch it? Whereas before, right. you know, when you had broadcasting, you only had a handful of of channels anyway, you had people's attention. Because remember, back in the day, watching TV was an event. Remember Survivor? And people would have Survivor parties because mm-hmm. it's like, if you missed it, you missed it. You know, so like, let's all gather around ah. the TV Sunday night at seven or whatever time it aired, you know. But now it's like, who cares? I can just always catch it later, you know, when it's on streaming. So I don't know if people have those epic watch parties anymore i kind of feel like i know people used to have them for game of thrones but i don't know if there's anything recently
1: no no uh they had watch watch parties for walking dead because i went to a few
0: i mean obviously this all pre-pandemic too but yeah
1: no but i mean that goes way back to the days of you had you know 25 people watching you know cheers there's 25 million people watching cheers you know so the audience is so fragmented now like you said that the studios and networks have focused on, I, I want to say they've kind of focused on either uh, high quality, bigger budget shows. I mean, you look at a lot of the stuff that's on um, HBO Max and mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, and these shows are not cheap. They've got special effects. They've got, you know, their fantasy style, their sci-fi.
0: Oh, yeah. We got Lord of the Rings coming. Did it Lord already of the Rings is kind of,
1: No, no, I, I don't think so. Okay. But we just, uh, we have the new Boba Fett show coming out on Disney Plus for Star Wars.
0: Wheel of Time, also high Wheel fantasy. Wheel of Time
1: was, you know, so so they've really started to figure like, and like you said, like do event things. They also tend to get bigger actors because they're shorter runs and the, the bigger actors are willing to commit to a six episode series, you know, or maybe an eight episode series, but they don't want to do 20 something episodes, obviously. Well, I think I, I just heard Kevin Costner was offered a deal for a, a short run. Episode I don't know if you've kind.
0: noticed either, but I mean, obviously this is now going on the acting side. First of all, there's always been a thing. There was always TV actors and film actors and they never really intersected very rarely, but now obviously because there's less jobs, film actors will go down to TV, right? Before it was like, maybe you could use TV as a stepping stone to get to film. And that was like, Oh, you know, but if mm-hmm. you, and I mean, I don't necessarily expect you to read the credits or know what's happening, but also there are TV casting directors and film casting directors, and they usually don't overlap. And if you read the credits, the people who cast for streamers are film casting directors.
1: Are they really? Oh, yes. Okay.
0: I noticed that, and I thought that was. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I'm sure like there's overlap now, and TV casting directors are you know going in that direction, and blah 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 blah. But it's interesting because the names you see on streamers are usually people who cast for film.
1: It's not unusual, like similar to that, um, to see uh, big movie directors directing TV pilots too. Mm-hmm.
0: That's happened.
1: Yeah. Cause and, you know, the director who directs the pilot, if the show gets picked up, gets big money, even if they don't stick around. Yeah. That's not unusual, especially things like, you know, when they did 24, that was a big one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But for TV writers, you know, obviously there's, it makes things even more confusing for, for us as writers because while there's more shows being made, they're short, they're all shorter seasons. And we've talked about this before with the WGA and how, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, that's unpredictable, you know, because especially with the pilot season kind of falling apart, you don't know when you're going to be working or how long you're going to be working. Some shows might run for eight months, some might run for 10 months and it kind of, makes it harder to put together a solid schedule of when you're going to be working and not.
0: And also, like I mentioned, royalties might be changing because of how people consume media. And so that also has to be figured out in the equation as well, because before you could count on your royalties, right? You hit syndication, you know, Mm -hmm. but now you can't necessarily count on that. And streamers aren't necessarily forthcoming with the numbers.
1: Well, and yeah, in fact, I think I just saw a, a YouTube video of a writer opening his re- residual checks, his royalty checks, just kind of like show everyone this is what it's like, you know, when he gets his checks and some things are for 20 bucks and some things are for a couple hundred bucks. But he's like, um, you know, the shows he does for streaming, nothing, nothing, yeah. he doesn't get anything from that. And there's there's because there's no extra money in that. There's no like when you do a syndication deal, you're getting money for that deal. So that's why that money can be calculated out you know, for all the people involved, as far as all the residuals go.
0: And because we're going off of old models, they haven't right. figured it out yet. Yeah. Which is a shame.
1: So, I, you know, I, don't, I haven't even looked to see what the syndication, you know, dollar amounts are. I assume there's still a lot of international syndication because American shows still get sold overseas. But, you know, as we've seen on YouTube or on YouTube and as well as on um, like uh, Netflix, that's driving a lot of local production now in, you know, mm-hmm. regionalized localization where they're making tons of content in the countries that they're streaming in so that they're not just dubbing American shows for other countries. So that's going to take away from our ability to to then expand the market for American shows, you know, cause they're, you know, quantity kind of thing. How much are you going to need?
0: I think we won't be able. Yeah. I think we won't be able to see, Really, how things work as far as long term in the industry until, and I hate to say it, until after the pandemic is really not over, but like, like contained, you know, because we still have all this stop and start of like, you know, productions are going, no, they're not, what's going on, you know, like all this stuff. And so, I think once we, once the pandemic becomes commonplace and we know how to live with it, then we'll see what happens as far as like streamers and broadcasts, and it'll shake out. Cause right now you still kind of have to rely on, you know, watching a movie at home and stuff like that. So once that gets, once the pandemic is taken out of the equation, I think that'll really help, but the need to figure out sooner rather than later, cause it's also been dragging on for three years.
1: Right. And it's, it's aggravated things even more because five years ago, this was kind of a, you know, this issue of, of, um, you know things going to streamers was just starting and now it's full blown yeah to where I, I i don't know if there's a network that doesn't have a streaming platform of its own at this point every network is connected to some streaming platform i think sony is one of the only networks that only studios or networks that doesn't have a streaming platform
0: and we've discussed how i feel about the myriad of streaming platforms <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh.
1: yeah and uh you know it's just going to become a bigger problem so I think that, I think that's going to be the next big thing to tackle for, um, maybe the studios themselves would like to see something more, um, structured back in place, you know, kind of like you have to take, take what the system and break it really bad before you can rebuild it. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's what, maybe we're in that breaking part right now, but I think it has to come back to some sort of sense of order from all this chaos and maybe the unions will be the thing to drive that the WGA and the actors, you know, the Yahtzee and the actors, uh, the SAG and after can, can help drive that because it affects everybody. Obviously. Yeah. If we don't have, if we don't have a, you know, a standardized schedule, like the pilot season, how do you manage it? You know, it's, it's insane. You could be working on one show for, for four months or five months and then be done with it. But the show that you were going to go work on next is already filming. So you can't go on it. It's like, the overlaps and the breaks between them are just too crazy to manage. Yeah, I feel like that's someone's going to have to get a, get get, a, get together and say, you know what, uh, this is all exciting, all this dynamic growth and change we've had, but now let's all sit down and figure out can we go back to some sort of system or you know that helps us all manage this better. And it really would be better for the studios too, because you think about studio space and scheduling actors and directors and producers and crews. It's all, you know, up in the air. It's all scrambled right now. Yeah. So it should be better for everybody if they they get their act together. I think there's a lot of money like coming from things like HBO and Netflix and Disney now, you know, spending billions of dollars on content. They used to not spend themselves. They used to just buy their shows from other studios or other production companies. I think that that flood of money and that rush to build content for all the new streamers is what has driven this chaos and i think at some point hopefully that'll all kind of massage out and settle down and people will say let's let's put together a plan that works for all of us because while we're competing we still have to you know utilize the same resources people resources and physical resources
0: Mm -hmm. totally agree Well, what do you guys all think? Let us know in the comments. You can find us online at writersgrouptherapy.com and also on Twitter at WG Therapy. And let us know online, and we will see you guys soon.